Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, an NFL fantasy football podcast. Each week, my co-host, former Bears and Lions quarterback, Eric Kramer, and myself delve into your fantasy football choices and hopefully help you out on your way to victory. Now, you can find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Uh, recapping how we did last week, well, we were solid on Jalen Hurts and his 380 yards and three scores plus one rushing. We're also right on on Devonta Adams, 177 and two scores. Geno Smith, three touchdowns. Deshaun Watson got a win, but it was ugly. Barely over 100 yards, no TDs, a pick, and he didn't look good doing it. It may take a few games for the booze to subside on that one. Well, hard to get Jalen Hurts wrong ever because he's playing great this year. Deshaun Watson hasn't played in two years. Uh, he's the most repulsed and detested guy in pro football, if you ask me. And that was before last Sunday. And now that he's back on the field, it only reminds people who it was who gave him an all-expense paid, guaranteed for the rest of your life contract, despite all the criminal and detestable acts he's committed. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Uh, at the Browns' practice facility, they're still probably playing a ring around the rosy with Watson. But the rest of the world is focused on what he has done off of it. And I think that uh, if it was just two years, that would be a lot to overcome. The fact that it's everything else means that if you're in that practice facility and one of his teammates or his family or his friends – then you are carrying around a ton of now Deshaun Watson baggage for yeah. the very first time in public. And so I think it's going to take a lot more than one week to uh, sort of get him uh, on the road to being a fantasy option, which I don't even see happening. I couldn't see recommending him ever uh, because he'd not be a guy I'd want to root for. True. You know, and and the weird thing is that, if you're a Cleveland Browns player or you're in the organization or, as you mentioned, family, you're going to get you're loaded with questions. People, friends of yours, people on the street, people that know you, sponsors, whatever, said, how's, how's this Deshaun Watson working out? How do you feel about having it's, it's like the baggage is just un, unheard of, I think, more than anything. I agree with you. And here's what bothers me. So the team itself, the owner, the general manager, the head coach, they all decided, we'll take them. Great. Mm-hmm. What if you're a player on that team? What if you don't agree with it? Yeah. Did you get a voice? Nope. And now oh. here you get to ask, be asked all of these questions every week. He's your quarterback. You got to play with You don't have a choice. And so that to me is what sucks because – someone else made this decision that impacts your life that you had no control over for you. And there's $230 million that he's getting paid that you're not getting a chunk of. Regardless, money aside, the character issue for me is that would be insurmountable. I, I wouldn't want to be around that guy ever. Unbelievable. 
Well, let's move on. The running back side. You love Samaji Piran. All he did was go for 106. I like Tony Pollard, and his 91 and two scores proved me right. Big day for Dallas. 54 19 went over Indy. Whiteouts. We both came up huge on the Whiteouts. Like, we both like Watson. We both like Wilson, Metcalf, and McLaurin. Uh, and for me, it's been Burrow, Burrow, Burrow. This guy is yeah. unbelievable. And especially the whole big thing is now he's 3 0 against Patrick Mahomes. Well, he's 3 0 against a lot of people. And it, this is a great time of year to be on that bandwagon, which is now the Cincinnati Bengals and Burrow. And and I just think that, uh, you know, uh, the other guy I'd like to heap praise on here for a minute is Justin Fields. Because yeah. here's a guy that wasn't even supposed to play last week, or at least I didn't think he should be. And yet I'm thinking, if at all, after the bye. He comes in before the bye and, again, just – does Justin Fields type of stuff, which is rare out there. There's not a lot of people doing. In fact, there's nobody but him doing that. And he's a growing threat in the passing game. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, those two guys kind of stood out to me this week in terms of uh, just offensively. And the other guy I'd throw in there, too, is Geno Smith. Here's a guy that was, if there's ever been a comeback player of a career, it's Geno Smith. Because there was nothing in his career prior to this year that showed he was going to be the guy. And uh, what he's done has been unbelievable. And again, uh, I don't know, offensively at least, put this team on his back last week. They, he really has. It's, it's been amazing. It's like everybody kind of forgot about Geno Smith. He was like second, third string for anybody. And all of a sudden, Russell Wilson goes to Denver. Uh, Pete, Pete Carroll says, yeah, okay, we'll do Geno Smith. There you go. Geno Smith is a top-notch quarterback now. Injuries. Right. It was like, well, I guess we'll have to play Geno Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it was. <laughs> Injuries, big injury of the weekend. Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot out for the season. That possibly kills the chances of the Niners, who now must rely on Brock Purdy, who was 25 of 37 for 210 yards, touchdown and a pick. What do you think of this guy? I mean, he was like on nobody's radar. And he's like the the New England Patriots' young Jimmy Garoppolo, who nobody really knew about. And starter goes down, in that case, Tom uh, Brady. No problem. In comes Brock Purdy in this case. And he looked more confident to me than Jimmy Garoppolo's ever looked. And I think he's – can he do it now, though, when all of the eyes are going to be sort of shined on him this week? Uh, leading up to the game. I think so, because he didn't look phased by anything he stepped into. Remember, it was a December game he stepped into mm -hmm. with all of the expectations that had been being heaped on the 49ers ever since they got Christian McCaffrey. So it's not like he was asleep when all this was happening. And so he knew what he was stepping into, and it looked seamless. That was what was so impressive to me. Yes, he's got a ton of talent around him, but he also looked receivers or looked DBs off. He was in the pocket late throwing over flat defenders to a guy on the sideline that a lot of other guys, veteran quarterbacks, might have thrown a pick in that same instance. And so I think he does things that are beyond his years. Yes, he's got great talent around him, but I think the most important thing he has around him going for him is Kyle Shanahan because he's got an unbelievable track record of working with not fantastic quarterbacks garoppolo is not and uh, garoppolo has never been on anybody's elite quarterback list and yet it's just a great 
team that he's got around him offensively and defensively, they're the best. And so you don't have to do a lot, but he is anyway. And I think that's what was impressive to me this past weekend. And I don't see any reason why it wouldn't continue. Further big news, Baker Mayfield gets released and several teams needed quarterbacks. He might land somewhere. And I know, know you love this guy. The change came at his request, by the way. Trevor Lawrence injured his foot. Kenneth Walker with an ankle. Lamar Jackson week to week gives his backup Tyler Huntley a great shot. Tyler Huntley's a stud. Went uh, 23 for 32, only 187 and a pick, but he rushed for 41 and a touchdown. I've always liked him, and you don't miss too many steps with him in there. By the way, Mayfield got offered a head coaching job. Lingerie yeah. Football League. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> seriously. One of the sponsors offered him a head coaching job with the Lingerie Football League. So there you, you know, go. I, I have a feeling there won't be a team that's going to offer him anything. Uh, he probably will be on his couch in a bathrobe watching with the rest of us how the rest of the season plays out. Um, he has I to find a new stadium to come out of, though, you know, and, and clean the seats and everything. <laughs> could be. That could be, you know, the more you can do, they say. Uh, Kenneth Walker, to me, of all the names you just mentioned, is the biggest loss. Um, because along with Geno Smith, um, the two of them, along with that receiving, a few receivers in the passing game, had that caddy in Seattle just purring right along. Without him, I'm not sure it's the same team. Uh, and regarding Lamar Jackson being out, here's he's kind of, to me, become the Carson Wentz after the Super Bowl run that Carson Wentz got hurt and wasn't really a part of, but had a big part in them even getting there. Uh, when Carson Wentz came back, he's holding the ball forever. He Guys aren't getting open. He's still staying with them. He wasn't at all and hasn't been since the Carson Wentz that happened, you know, other than that one year in Philly. Uh, that's who now Lamar Jackson is. He's sort of cautiously or whatever he's doing, he's waiting for people to get open that aren't going to be like the progression doesn't work that way. And so um, that's what I'm seeing out of him. And part of it is because they don't really have anybody other than Mark Andrews on the roster. Mm -hmm. So I think that Tyler Huntley, as good as he is, has the same options, which are very few, uh, other than himself running or Mark Andrews. And so I think Mark Andrews is still the guy, but I'm not so sure that that uh, the change in quarterback Huntley is going to make a big difference. They just have had so many injuries this year to key players, you know, uh, of skill position players, you know, and it's just, uh, it, it's hard to watch them. I, I know, and this was his career, this was uh, Jackson's, you know, supposed to be breakout year. I remember saying in the very beginning of the season that he's playing for a contract. He's playing for his 500 million or whatever he's going to get. Well, and and unfortunately, he looks like he's playing for that. You know, yeah. like he doesn't look like he's just playing the game. It looks like there's something else on his mind and you can't be, you can't be efficient doing that. Yeah. Well, the bye week, uh, we, you know, got uh, teams which are on bye this week. There's six of them. Uh, so that that's going to really limit your choices as you uh, prepare your teams. Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, Commanders. That takes a lot of quarterbacks out of the mix as well. And when it comes to um, key players for the uh, the bye weeks and your fantasy teams. Let's go right to Thursday night. The Raiders and Rams, two terrible teams with both well under 500. Who would have thought that back in September, right? I like Devontae Adams. I like Josh Jacobs coming off a 144-yard day. And I really like Matt Collins here. He's become a frequent target for Derek Carr. I can't go with anybody on the Rams at the moment. Yeah. Of the two teams, one 
is still fighting, and one's kind of packed it in for the holidays, being the Rams. I like the Raiders, all of them that you just mentioned. I think uh, David uh, Derek Carr is playing very well. Devontae Adams is sort of in a, in a class by himself, along with Justin Jefferson, receiver-wise. Um, and the only guy left to me on the Rams roster who would be worth a start would be Cam Akers, because he's very much, to me, like David Montgomery for the Bears. Like, the guy never quits on a run. And he's going to give you every tough yard out there. He's a red zone threat. And receiving-wise and quarterback-wise, the Rams don't have much. Jets and Bills on Sunday. I like Mike White, the quarterback, and I really like Garrett Wilson. And Corey Davis got 10 targets last week. So you got to consider him. Put him in there if you have him. The regulars, plus James Cook, is finally getting his chances for uh, the Bills. Last week, he ran 14 times and caught six passes. And that's just what you like to see out of a rookie running back. Absolutely. And, and to go back to the Jets and Mike White, they were one Braxton Berrios dropped pass in the end zone away from winning that game against the Vikings. Uh, and so Mike White, to me, is on pace to become the second half of the season MVP in the NFL. I know they don't have one of those, but if they did, he'd be getting it. Um, as for the Bills, Allen is finally back to being a good decision maker. And he can be removed from the but will he get me beat this week category. And uh, and, I, and I, like you, uh, I love the fact that James Cook now gives Buffalo a legit running threat and an additional receiving one uh, and opposite Devin Singletary so that Allen can get sort of back away from that mix and become just the guy that kills you passing the ball. Browns and Bengals will both hold off with Deshaun Watson for now. I'll stick with the Chubb Hunt pair with Amari Cooper, who got nine chances last week, even though he only converted on four. Uh, Bengals with Mixon still out. I'm jumping on the P. Ryan bandwagon along with Chase Higgins and Burrow who had another monster week. You don't want to see your quarterback carry the ball 11 times, but he did score. Unless it's that quarterback. Because that guy is, he doesn't ever get really the credit for being the athlete that he is. He's fast. He's big. He's a good athlete. And he's a good runner. He picks holes well. He gets down when he needs to. Um, I think with that Bengals team, it's amazing to me because Mixon, who's one of the better dual threat running back, or at least running backs in the league, he's out, no problem. So my GP Ryan comes in and adds what he does. It's kind of like Joe Burrow or Joe Mixon too. And then you've got Chase out for a while, no problem. Incepts T. Higgins along with, with Boyd. And I just think, uh, you know, the straw that stirs that drink really is Joe Burrow. And because of everything he gives you uh, from the neck up, he just distributes the ball well. He can get out of issue. He can get out of pressure. Um, he can extend plays. Now you're starting to see these 80 and 90-yard drives out of the Bengals be capped off with touchdowns. And I think that's in large part due to the decision maker back there and the fact that their offensive line has come along now. Texans and Cowboys sit every Texan, even Pierce, play every Cowboy in a blowout for the Republic of Texas. <laughs> I think this could be a blowout. That is until I consider it is an in-state game. And I know the Texans don't have much, but even with Davis Mills out at quarterback, uh, who really hadn't been doing a lot anyway during the year, Pierce still had solid numbers last week. Uh, against a pretty good Browns defense. And for Dallas, you got Pollard, Lamb, Gallup, Prescott, and Elliott, who are all good starts this week. If you look at the Vikings and Lions, that's a <clears throat> divisional game. Excuse me. 
I'm a sit with Cousins this week. I do like Jefferson, of course, and Cook, no matter who's a quarterback. Uh, I'm, I'm big time on Amon Ross St. Brown, Goff, and both Swift and Williams. Again, it's one of those two-headed running backs that uh, I think the Lions have figured it out now, and they're ready to roll. They have another couple of good weeks. Yeah, when you're talking about the Vikings, and the Jets' defense, they played one of the elite teams last week. Uh, and so uh, all of their offensive players, their numbers were down, including Cousins and Jefferson and like. And so, but this week, the Lions' defense, as good as their offense has been, their defense has been struggling all season long. And I think that this is where Cousins does come back and Jefferson and uh, Dalvin Cook and so forth. And so I think it's going to be a great game for both teams. Both offenses are hot, uh, starting with Jared Goff and the Lions and Amon Ross St. Brown. And as you mentioned, the two-headed monster running back with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, who DeAndre actually gives you a big burst, not only in the running game, but an absolute great weapon in the receiving game. And so, yeah, this is going to be a great game, I think. Two great offenses. Uh, the Lions, despite the 5-7 and seven record, have won four out of the last five and are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Eagles and Giants, big game, big players. So look for Barkley and Hurts to both go off. And I like Daniel Jones here as well. I love both Slate and A.J. Brown in this one, too. And you can't deny Devonta Smith either. I- I'm going to sit on Miles Sanders, though. Well, I like all things Jalen Hurts, and which includes his production in both the running and passing game. A.J. Brown and Smith are both exceptional weapons on the outside, and I've grown to become a big fantasy football fan of Daniel Jones because not only what he does, he's a great decision maker this year, not huge numbers in the passing game, but does give you a lot in the running game himself. And so I think Barkley, who's probably their best offensive weapon, uh, you still have to play him if you've got him. And uh, I think Slayton also also has come on, especially lately, and given them a a serious threat on the outside. Not a touchdown machine, but certainly gives you the yards and the receptions. Ravens and Steelers. Ravens, I'm a go on Huntley, even though he hasn't played much. He's a veteran. He has a lot to prove. And I don't think the Steeler D can stop him. I do like Kenny Pickett here. With so many teams on a bye, if you need a quarterback, he's worth a look. As are Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, and Pat Fryermuth who has 50 catches on the season. I'm not sure about George Pickens this week. He may get more targets and should after getting only two last week and throwing a fit, but I'm not sure I'm set on him this week with the other guys I am. Thorough breakdown, of course, as always, on the Steelers by you. Good job. Uh, as for the Ravens, there's just, I, go, to go back, there's just no one for Huntley to get the ball to. So unless he goes off for 100 yards rushing the ball in a touchdown, which I don't see, think he's going to do, um, there's just really nobody there to me. I mean, unless you have, you, you know, if you would have had Mark Andrews on your team, you would have had to draft him pretty high to get him. So he's worth a play to me, but I don't see anybody else in the Ravens uniform. Jags and Titans. Jags keep an eye on Lawrence as he's battling an injury, but I love Christian Kirk and I'm really good on Travis Etiani and uh, Zay Jones. I always get that guy's name mixed up. Uh, Titans, it's just Derrick Henry this week. That's as pretty much usual. It's just Derrick Henry. Well, if Trevor Lawrence can't go, then it would be C.J. Beathard, a veteran, steps in, capable guy. I also love Christian Kirk and Etienne. And then Zay Jones, though, has had one stellar game a couple weeks ago against Baltimore, but has only scored one touchdown this season. And so, and for the Titans, as you said, it's pretty much Derrick Henry. The other guy I would throw in there, though, is Traylon Burks, because uh, as to stop Henry, you're going to have to load the box. And the, Traylon Burks is that guy that came behind him. 
Even the last week, he only had one catch for 25 yards. It was for a touchdown. And he has shown the ability to get deep and come down with the ball. He's a big body receiver. And I think uh, with Tannehill throwing the ball, that's what we're going to see. A lot of Derrick Henry running the ball and Traylon Burks over the top. Chiefs and Broncos, you can't miss with many here, but uh, Pacheco's solid for sure, along with Mahomes and Kelsey. Broncos, I like Greg Dolchich uh, at, re at receiver. And again, Jerry Judy. But Cortland Sutton is battling an injury, and Latavius Murray is kind of up and down. So I, I'm not so sure about him. Yeah, for, and for the Chiefs, I also like MBS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He's a lanky guy. He's been a consistent second receiving option behind Kelsey. He's also got the speed to get down the field, which he caught a big 40-plus uh, yard reception last week. Um, and so I think he gives Mahomes that down-the-field option. Uh, and then when you flip over to the Broncos, Wilson has kind of turned into a backup quarterback type fantasy quarterback right now, at least every game this year. And which really, for me, removes all receivers and all running backs. But like you, if I had to play a tight end, if I had one down that was out this week on a bye, Greg Dolchich would be a good uh, backup. Panthers and Seahawks. Panthers coming off a bye, but I like Dante Foreman. While for Seattle, I think Metcalf and Smith are finally a great combo. Love them both. I definitely like Tyler Lockett, but more of a flex, not a receiver one, because I think that receiver one goes to Metcalf now. Well, in Carolina, the only player uh, now is Dante Foreman, like you pointed out, and the because that entire ship is taken on water. Uh, for Seattle, I know you love Metcalf, and he's a great player, uh, and he's growing. Uh, two real good weeks in a row now. Yes, and 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 but when I look at who's been the guy there for all these years, it's really been Tyler Lockett, and it still is going to be. Um, uh, he obviously has a connection, and Geno Smith has relied heavily on him. Uh, pretty much every third down pass goes to him, and I think yeah, they're going to create for Tyler Lockett, but I'm sorry with, for Metcalf because he is such a big body downfield threat, but Tyler Lockett is the guy that's the go-to guy there. And with Geno Smith delivering accurate throws, and with Kenneth Walker now out, I think Tyler Lockett gets a lot of those passes. Buccaneers and Niners, well, the Bucs played on Monday night, uh, and it was a, a comeback game, another one for Tom Brady. So he's still got some left of the tank. I'm not so sure I'd start him. The main guy I'd stick with there is Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin had two weeks ago had a major day, had an okay day, but I think he is still uh, the the main guy there that I would, uh, as far as picking a guy on that team to start. And the Niners, they're good with Purdy, McCaffrey, and Samuel, a couple other guys, but those guys are definites. Yeah, I, I agree with you when it comes to Chris Godwin because at the end of the game, he would he caught that touchdown pass. It just got called back for offensive holding uh, on on the left tackle. But I, when it comes to the Buccaneers, right, they just they just don't have it. I mean, they, they got old fast. They have become sort of, yeah, I know they're winning the weakest division in football right now, but offensively in terms of fantasy, there's just nothing there. When you switch over to the Niners, though, now you got, again, Brock Purdy's come on, playing confidently, and I know it's been a, a short uh, sample size of mostly one game. Uh, but I think I'd also add in there George Kittle because he caught a nice pass over the middle. And as we all know, a, quarter, a, a great quarterback is a young quarterback, a great tight end is a young quarterback's best friend. George Kittle is a special uh, tight end as, that, as they go. And I think the guy you can't forget about is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, all season long, he's been there and uh, will continue to be. And I think Purdy is going to have to rely on some of these veteran guys around him and show him that he will. 
Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the Godwin almost touchdown because last night we were watching the game. We're recording this on Tuesday. Last night we were watching the game, and I was with my wife, and we're both in the same fantasy league. And to win that game, win her game this week, and to stay in the hunt for a playoff position, she needed a touchdown catch from Godwin in the last minute or so. She was off the floor with the touchdown. Three seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then the yellow thing came up about the flag. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> she ended up losing the game and pretty much out of a playoff hunt at this point. So but it was like you talk about the highs and lows that you deal with fantasy. That's just, just like amazing. That, right? <laughs> Dolphins and Chargers. Tyree Kill is a go, but Tua is fighting an injury. So keep an eye on that. And the Bolts, I'd start Herbert Eckler, and it looks like Keenan Allen is back strong, and Palmer and Everett are both good plays. Yeah, against the 49ers, Dolphins abandoned their running game for some reason early, which I think was a mistake. And so this week, I expect a ton of the speedy Jeff Wilson back in the in the mix. Hill, as you mentioned, is phenomenal. But I think the guy, other forgotten guy was Jalen Waddle. And they he only he came out of that catch or that game with one catch for nine yards. So I think for them to be effective, no matter who's playing quarterback. They've got to get both of those guys back in the mix. And I think you're right with the Chargers. They're kind of revived. And the guy that has been the most so has been Justin Herbert. So there's no signs anymore of playing with an injury. Went off last week. No reason he shouldn't do that again this week. And obviously the big names around him are Eckler and Allen and Palmer, which you figure will go off again. Monday night, Patriots and Cardinals, Arizona coming off a bye. So look for Connor and Hopkins to have decent games with the rest. But Rondell Moore, Ertz, and Dorch are out. Uh, New England, Mac Jones has come alive. So he's worth a certainly a look. And Ramondre Stevenson is worth a play. But Jacoby Myers is also fighting an injury. So look for Nelson Aguilar to uh, step up here. Great matchup for New England against Arizona, even after their bye. Uh, as you mentioned, Mac Jones has definitely stepped it up lately. Stevenson is still a solid uh, uh, runner. In fact, even adds a little bit as an outlet in the passing game. Um, but as you mentioned, Jacoby Myers is back or not. He's back, but playing, but not at full strength. And so I, therefore, it would be tough for me to start Mac Jones because there's really no options for him in the passing game. Um, and then as far as the Cardinals go, again, it's uh, Connor and DeAndre Hopkins about the only solid week-to-week options that they have. And there you have it, another edition of Kramer and Brill. Find out more by going to our website, KramerandBrill.com, or on my Bob Brill YouTube channel. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. See you next time.